Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today, we are joined by John Cockcroft and Coleman Bessert. John is the Managing Staff Scientist of the Human Motion Analysis Unit at the Central Analytical Facilities of Stellenbosch University. Coleman is the Director of Biomechanics at Norexon, a company known for their state-of-the-art EMG equipment. They're here to speak about biomechanics, specifically kinematics, kinetics, and neuromuscular activation. Let's jump in. There was some mention, and obviously there was that slide presented, Coleman, about the uh, software platform that integrates the native and external hardware. I guess that's the MR3. So the question is, is, is this a workaround or is it really a true integration of all the signals you know, based on your experience working in the lab? How would you answer that question? I would say that MR3 is actually a true integration of all of these data sources. They, the platform that we use, MR3, you know, brings in and seamlessly syncs all of these unique systems into one platform. So all of the reliability and technical pieces that you would do in a two-year data set to bring everything together as a researcher through MATLAB or LabVIEW or whatever you would use is built into the software and it, it truly gives you that one data set that you can analyze. I would just add that it's not a work, it's not an offline solution. You can really capture this data and stream it in real time. So it's not that you're integrating these data sets into the software after the fact. It's actually streaming and collecting into the platform at the same time. And it's a, and it's a full on integration, time synchronization. Everything is happening in the software. So I don't know exactly what is meant by, I don't know what the term was, working uh, around, uh, but uh, I think. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think, no, it's definitely not a workaround. It's a, I mean, these solutions are basically ready to go and work under, you know, you can you can test it and it will it will ha handle like a large amount of data collection or processing. It's not something that's just got stuck together. <laughs> okay, perfect. So thanks for that answer. Coleman, during your your slide presentation about IMUs, few questions came in about how one calibrates an IMU and the resolution of the measurement and you know confidence in measurements of you know say between two to three degrees can you just provide in general you know in a general sense how one would go about that process of calibrating and ensure that that there's confidence in the data that's yeah, John, John, do you want to take okay. that one? Yeah, I'll jump in there. Depending on what, there are different types of calibrations. The, the IMUs that you would buy would be factory calibrated and would be ready to go in terms of measuring their own motion. So when we talked in the data model about segmental kinematics, you're literally um, just sticking the sensor on and it's able to track its own motion well within um, three degrees accuracy, probably quite a lot lower than that. So the, the, the accuracy of these IMUs is actually uh, really good uh, after quite a couple of years of development in the field. So you can expect an I, a higher grade IMU to give you accuracies uh, within two degrees, even better in many cases. The only time when you can expect difficulties measuring with an IMU is in a magnetically disturbed environment, just 
due to the fact of the way the sensor measures its own movement. And then in terms of calibration, really, besides the factory calibration of the sensor, you are it's necessary to calibrate this IMU relative to the body. And with IMU technology, there are different ways of doing this. Some of them involve a person standing in a specific pose, and in other cases, you can uh, make them do specific movements so that you can find where the bones are relative to the IMU. So that would be the model calibration. Um, okay. I think for these tests, they were done with a static calibration. Static excellent. Pose. Okay, excellent. Based on what you were showing today, you know, all the great data, the videos and the IMU data and, and EMG, how do you determine or how do you know what is actionable data in your analysis? Is it just Ooh. a matter of knowing what's normal and where there there is you know, something to be yeah. to address? Or, or correct? I think that's a – sorry, John, I'll, I'll start yeah, and maybe you, you can add yeah. to. I think that this is a perfect question to really highlight uh, – the the beauty of this biomechanics data model we have and you know there needs to be a foundational knowledge of human movement theory or theory around what what you need to be looking for as a foundation but then also understand the constraints of of the population that you're using and that is kind of uh, this gray space between the applied world and the the fundamental researcher world because the fundamental researchers are like John are are, are looking into these subtle nuances that can potentially influence the way that somebody is prescribing or training or or recommending to an athlete. So it's it's kind of this blend of being current with your and always building insight and evolving your your theory around how people move and and what's important to, uh, especially within different environments and 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 in this case sport. And I, I really think that it's a tough question, but it, it it highlights exactly what we're talking about. Is you know we need you need to start you need to start somewhere, and you're continually going to add and evolve to the way you think about things. Okay, excellent, yeah, John. Anything to add to that? Just very briefly, I mean, it's a good answer. I would just say that from a theoretical perspective, you know, there are different ways of looking at how to compare the data that you're measuring to some sort of standard or reference. And if you're trying to assess someone to understand if there's some sort of problematic aspect of the movement, then traditionally we've compared them to some sort of normative data set, particularly in gait analysis and the more established fields of motion capture. There's also changes now in the field where people are starting to look at each person as an individual and particularly focusing on the fact that Although we're all moving similarly, we all actually um, have differences that affect how we move. And so it's really important to also dig deep into the literature and understand, as the question points out, what is the, the, the direction we're trying to take the person if we're intervening? And if we're diagnosing, really, are we confident about the markers that we're looking for in data? So this is, again, movement-specific, disease-specific, and so on. But, yeah, I think it's either going to be a normative type of uh, data set for a group, but the more modern approach is really to use people as their own control and test them multiple times and see the progression and see if you can improve them in, in some way that you've decided is a, is a good direction to take them in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.